Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Leadership Talks podcast. I am Wilka Nascimento. I'm your host. And today I have a very special guest, Dr. Erin Tucker Oluwole. Yes. Did I Thank pronounce you. that correct? You did. You did. Thank you. Welcome back, actually, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of time has passed. So many great things. And that's what the space that we're in right now, right? It's just, um, it's, sped up very, very, very fast. I think 20, whenever anybody watches this, 2022 was absolutely like just, it was just full steam ahead. Um, and so now, you know, where we are now, you know, let's, uh, let's see what happens. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to invite you today to come and talk to us about the mm -hmm. Black Restaurant Week. Mm -hmm. So what it is, how it has been, I know, but, mm -hmm. you know, some of the listeners might be interested. And of course, we are celebra celebrating Black Excellence here at the Leadership Talks podcast throughout mm -hmm. February. But you know what? Uh, Dr. Erin, I decided that I'm going to be continuing this voice because we have to celebrate ourselves on a daily basis, not just in February. So welcome to the show. I'm super excited to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. So talk to us about uh, Black Restaurant Week and how did that start it? Sure, sure. Um, so um, I am the I'm one of three co-founders, um, specifically of DMV, uh, Black Restaurant Week. Uh, and DMV is, of course, our acronym for the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, our metro, our greater Washington area. Um, we started in 2018, and it was a culmination of me moving to uh, D.C. in 2017. Uh, when I moved, I wanted to learn a lot about the restaurant industry. I was really, really curious about actually placing it in to uh, some curriculum that I was writing. And so I ended up meeting uh, Farrar Tate, who was actually doing the kind of the food service um, at our church. And uh, he said, um, he said, yeah, he says, I have no problem. I said, you know, I want to you know, talk to you about, you know, DC found out he was actually from DC. And he really like kind of talked to me and showed me like the history um, of like DC through food and restaurants. And he was a former restaurant owner himself. Um, and so he had this kind of like love for education and training. He was training young people in, to get their uh, food handlers license. And so I you know, have obviously a love for education. Um, and I said, well, let's put together some workforce development programs because um, we realized that there are many people of color, specifically a lot of African-Americans, they uh, come into the hospitality space, specifically restaurants, um, and they see it just as a job, but not as a career. And so we really wanted to show that, that this is a career. And so we started with that. And then I read an article about Andra A.J. Johnson, um, who was just this phenomenal, um, all-knowing uh, knowledge, knowledge uh, but specifically specifically in the areas of bart of the uh, bartender world, um, beverage, uh, cocktails, et cetera. And so when we met her, we found she had a love for education too, uh, but she, um, and she, but she was, hers was more on training in the bartender space. Cause as a bartender, you can also actually make it entirely a career. So we came together for that. That's what we did. We were working on that. And then what happened is that in 2018, there was an incident that happened um, at a Starbucks in Philadelphia, where two African-American uh, African American men, uh, gentlemen, the police were called on them by the manager. And that story really affected me because I lived down the street from that Starbucks. Um, I lived in Philly before I came to DC and I knew exactly where that Starbucks was and I didn't understand how it really escalated. Um, and so, you know, 
that struck me. And then during that time, this was off uh, spring of 2018, um, there were a lot of memes that were going on, Barbecue Betty, Coupon Charlie, um, just this treatment of African-Americans in public spaces. And many of them also started to kind of have these stories in restaurants and, and hotels, the industry, you know, the hospitality industry that I'm in. And so I ended up reading like an article in the paper and it said, well, where are the black, you know, chefs? Where are the black? owners. And I'm sitting there going like, what do you mean where are they? In this uh, DC, metro DC area, they're everywhere. Well, we realized there wasn't a platform for them. So I saw other, you know, Black restaurant weeks around the country. And I saw I, the model that I saw, like really mirrored the 1990s model of restaurant weeks. And just being in the industry, you cannot do that as a model in 2018. We wanted to be really um, inclusive of not just that prefix menu, but also the fact that the fastest growing segment of restaurants uh, are, is fast casual. It's not, it's not the sit down and you order, you know, uh, from a server. Um, also, we know that the history of African-Americans in the entrepreneurship food spaces and catering. So we said, you know, let's go ahead and do, let's include caterers. Let's include uh, fast casual. Um, it's 2018. Why don't we include coffee shops, food trucks, um, wine bars. Um, and so we decided to tweak the model. And uh, we, uh, with that, we ended up uh, coming up with our mission, which we you know, continue to maintain, which is uh, to um, help support and sustain Black-owned businesses in the food and hospitality space through professional development and education while creating um, an ecosystem for them. And uh, so our model is culture, education, good food. And I'll kind wow. of stop there. <laughs> wow, wow. That's a, yeah. an amazing background. And actually, I remember uh, probably when we met in mm -hmm. between 2018, 2019, and you mentioned to me about the Black Restaurant Week. And then mm -hmm. I, I told you straight up, oh my gosh, I lived in Harlem. I moved here from New York City. And I have, uh, I was aware that there was an African Restaurant Week mm -hmm. in Harlem. And, mm -hmm. you know, I sent you some of the information because, it's so amazing that, you know, it's different type of cuisines also, but, you know, it's, it's refreshing to come to another city and see, you know, this new foundation also, because we need, we are, like you said, we are everywhere, you know, like it, where, where are the owners, where are the chefs? They are here yep. too. So it's like, Absolutely. why it's not, it uh, doesn't have a platform for people to search and come and enjoy, you know, those types of uh, cuisines as well. So, Today, um, 2023, um, mm -hmm. I believe it, it has passed. It was in early January, you know? No, no, it's always in November. It's uh, November. the first full week of November every year. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what is it coming up? How many restaurants uh, you have under the, the mm -hmm. pilot program and how is it going? Sure. So uh, since we started, we uh, we originally started with about 35 partners. 2019, we had 45. And then in 2020, we had uh, close to 100. Um, and now we have over 100 um, partners uh, within the space. So we call them restaurant and food partners because it, it's inclusive, once again, of, of all of those um, uh, individuals. Um, definitely what has evolved, I think, is definitely... Um, the understanding that it's not just a week, right? That it takes, we we work and function the other 51 weeks of the year um, by serving as a conduit between these business owners really and, uh, and resources. It's the resources and the knowledge that's needed. Um, so uh, we connect them to government, we connect them to economic development, we connect them to uh, you know, uh, you know uh, funding capital, grants, things such as that. Um, you know, with our with our platform. And I think that that has definitely made a difference. Um, and I think that, you know, we really see our value. It's um, it's funny, um, a couple, there's 
a couple of things that kind of pop out. One, people ask us, well, you know, why did we do, why do we do, why do we have the week in November? Um, and so everything is really by, by thought and by strategy and by intention. And I think it's important when you have weeks such as this, that it is intentional. Um, we ended up, we wanted, we are partners, I mean, uh, with the Restaurant Association of Metropolitan Washington, which is RAMW. When they saw that we were having it, they, you know, reached out to us and we created this really great partnership that has grown and built over the years. But we wanted to make sure that we did not have our restaurant week the same month of their two. Um, they do it twice a year. And then we didn't want to do it the month before the month after because it, we didn't want to cannibalize on, um, on restaurants and resources, things like that. So it kind of left us with kind of like a couple of months. So we said, well, let's go ahead and do it in November, which we found actually is pretty excellent, especially in the space of like fundings and grants and things such as that uh, within within the area. So uh, so that's that's how it's grown. Um, I think that uh, we definitely I think uh, we've grown in, in other ways um, in 2021. Uh, we started to because it, you know, part of it was already our mission, but it was also pandemic. Um, we started to do um, training of uh, of local um, uh, beer, uh, uh, spirits uh, companies um, that were local in the in the DMV. Uh, and started doing training and development with them. And then from there, due to our relationship um, and partnership after like what, three years at that point with uh, with Restaurant Association of Metropolitan Washington, uh, we ended up uh, having six spaces for these local, um, you know, these local spirit. Uh, companies to have to be in front of 1500 restaurant owners, you know, they would have never had that um, opportunity. So uh, we've been, we've been exceptionally inclusive with, with a lot of um, uh, both beverage curators um, as well as food curators. As well. Oh my goodness. So it's not just restaurants It's also you're involving every part of the process. And I believe you're also giving the opportunity to train the new folks coming into the industry. So I would like to, to hear a little bit about that workforce development uh, that you mentioned, because I know after the pandemic and so on, the hospitality industry in general suffered, you know, a little bit with uh, manpower. So if you could, you know, expand on that. Absolutely. So what we do is that with uh, workforce development is that we do it in kind of two sort of phases, but our primary phase really is um, really working and training the business owners. So uh, really, we partnered with the Greater Washington Urban League um, and began to um, we began to actually have um, classes. Um, this started right right during sort of after pandemic uh, with funding that they received uh, from uh, from. Pepsi. And so they, the owners go through like a 12 week program. Now it's been kind of modified um, to now it's more like it's 12 weeks, but we meet fewer times um, for our leads that. And so, uh, you know, these owners kind of go through this weekly kind of understanding and development about not just the business plan, but how do you hire people? What's, how do you manage? Um, just kind of those areas that, you know, you know, not as always necessarily discussed when you're taking, when you're going through like a business kind of class, right? It's like, can like write your business plan, you know, have your, you know, have your accounting platform, all that, which is all, of course, uh, you know, uh, you know, important as well. But I think that um, one of the reasons why in, in discussions of how we treat each other in the hospitality industry is a lot of times 
uh, frustration ends up coming up, up because of the way that we are running our businesses. And a lot of times it's taken out on the people that work for us as well as the people that sometimes even buy from us. So if we can help them kind of in understanding emotional regulations and ethical behavior and um, in, in having their systems in place, which is part of this development plan, they can be sustainable and they can continue practicing really, really good service. Um, we also have partnered um, after, after pandemic with um, with tech companies that have POS systems um, and not just POS, but also the mobile platforms. So if a lot of the restaurants were not on any sort of mobile platform and that was really important when people want to go and they pull up their phones and they want to you know, do their search engine optimization and they can't find you. So um, those are some of the things that we've continued to do uh, within workforce development, as well as um, AJ has kind of also done it in her space um, of, of, of beverage as well. Wow, that's amazing. And I love what you said, you know, even uh, you're partnering with vendors, right? Because in the end of the day, people today, they want to be practical, right? They want to get to yeah. a restaurant, they want to order, they want to get the QR code, choose whatever they want and enjoy their, their evening, their lunch or whatever. But I think also um, I wanted to hear, because I did see you have an amazing presence on social media. And I mm -hmm. want to give you kudos to that because the visibility that you have brought um, the Black Restaurant Week in the DMV mm -hmm. has been tremendous. So talk to us about your particular strategy to towards this uh, personal uh, branding through your visibility uh, today. Sure, absolutely. Um, well, I think that I've always looked at um, I've always looked at technology um, as a welcomed addition to solving problems, solving and addressing challenges, and addressing and amplifying good things. Um, and I say that because um, a lot of times, especially in hospitality, we we got our industry got very nervous when things such as oh, robotics are going to take over the human presence. And it was just like, no, they're not going to. It's about being able to take those processes and, and you know weeding them down, have something somebody else do it, uh, while we can focus on really giving the experience. Um, and I say that so when social media uh, really you know came up because I actually was around before, before social media, um, I looked at it first as a as kind of a interesting space but then I really started to look at it as a tool to really be able to give knowledge and information um, on what I've experienced because there's so many there's a lot of different perspectives and stories and things like that that a lot of times the messaging was just absolutely it was just false and so while I Obviously, a, a co-founder of DMV Black Restaurant Week. I've also been a professor in hospitality um, for, um, for gosh, now it's been about 15, 18 years. Um, I also worked in the industry. I worked um, in da at Dave & Buster's slash Jillian's. I experienced a lot of what happens. And, um, and then I've been fortunate to really have, uh, you know, been, you know, in these different kind of like spaces of, of, of discussion on food and injustice and things such as that, that for me, social media is, is very deliberate. Um, I don't, I'm not on every platform. I'm, I'm on it, but I'm, I'm not as engaged in every platform. I think that for me, what has been effective was uh, was um, LinkedIn and Twitter. And people are always kind of looking at Twitter and go, oh my gosh. But um, it's, it allows, you know, really allowed me to be able to give those nuggets of knowledge. Um, and I didn't know people would actually respond to it. So for example, my first kind of, my first, when I think about it for the first time where I saw um, importance, uh, it was, um, it was um, a Rochester Month 
And I decided that I wanted to post 30 days of stories about uh, Black history in the space of travel and tourism. Um, and so I was, you know, posting about, um, you know, individuals that, you know, were Pullman porters. I was posting about, uh, you know, gentlemen that de uh, that desegregated the Washington, D.C. airport. Um, and it just, people were like really, really kind of, you know, just were drawn to it. And um, it was kind of from that that I saw that this was, you know, really that 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 tool and medium to really be able to do that. So I do I do everything very very much uh, intentional uh, when I do post um, because I think it's and it's a responsibility that I get right, you know. So so that for me I think has really kind of shaped I think uh, the presence if that's kind of what you're asking. Yes, and then also I know that you have. Um plenty of opportunities of speaking engagements as well and I love to see you know because also we all understand and you're very busy um you know and truly again you know we appreciate you taking the time out of your day after six o'clock <laughs> on a Monday right to to come and talk to us here at the Leadership Talks podcast but you know yeah. in the end of the day um what is your strategy on terms of these uh, in, uh, speaking engagements? Yeah. And, you know, I do follow you on LinkedIn. So talk to us about that. Mm, great question. Um, so I, when, when, when pandemic really hit, um, that was kind of the time where, um, I mean, the media kind of reached out to, to, to me and I've, I've done others. Uh, but it really was when the pandemic hit that the media was really looking for credible source information from individuals. And so when I was asked, uh, I remember the first time I was asked, this was very early on in the pandemic, and it was like, how was the pandemic affecting like live events and the industry? And it was from uh, CG, uh, North, the North American um, a station um, of uh, CGNT, which is like a, it's like a global, it's a global um, uh a news news platform and uh, and so I remember when when they asked me to do it I said sure and I was like oh my gosh what am I doing um, but I said but no just go back to once again those nuggets of knowledge and an understanding and so when I did that and then they sent me the link and then I started to like share that and it was like can you speak on this and so it was it's you know for me it's always sort of been about it's not almost about taking everything that that, that that's being asked but um, it is about the fact of not necessarily having to be nervous uh, or anything about having the ability to control what the messaging is. And so that's what I did. And so I started placing them, especially on LinkedIn, definitely using the hashtags, definitely connecting back uh, with the uh, with the organization. Same thing with Twitter. The, red, the, the thing that most people don't know about Twitter is that business and industry loves Twitter and they, and they love being tagged um, in it because they see it immediately and they see reactions immediately. Um, so I, those are the two that, that I used and it, it just, it really, really took off. And that's, that's kind of, you know, that strategy. Um, you know, I, I would say also probably in a, in a deliberate um, way, I noticed that there was just like the people that were supposed to be speaking weren't. Um, you know, that was the time where everybody should have been speaking and they, and it just wasn't. And I was just said, you know, come on, you know, we've got to do this. And so now I see more people now, but yeah, it was, we, it wasn't, it wasn't a whole lot of, of people, uh, speaking, um, even at the time, even CEOs. Yes. And uh, yes, Dr. Harry. And I appreciate, you know, you giving us the opportunity to uh, bring this up because also I think, you know, the young folks like Generation Z, the new students, right? The new folks uh, that are going to be the leaders in hospitality, 
they are using social media and you know they are on tiktok actually i was uh because you know linkedin is my main main platform and you know of course um instagram for my brazil <laughs> trips and so on for my family to see but you know somebody told me about tiktok and i was like oh okay i'll look at it you know and I wasn't so thrilled, but then I'm like, okay, I will join, you know, and explore and see how can I be creative there. There's so much to do, you know, there's so much to do, there's so much opportunities. But what is your thoughts on this new generation? Do you think the businesses and now after the pandemic are, you know, focusing on the social platforms more than ever? Um, absolutely. And I think definitely the, I think the winners, the true, true, true winners in this, uh, is going to continue to be TikTok. And if it's, and if something comes along, that's going to replace it, uh, that, that can happen. Um, it's, it's that, it's that video, but it's really YouTube. YouTube single, there's two interesting platforms. YouTube has been single-handedly, I think, um, really um, has found its niche in staying, in staying sustainable. Um, and just this unlimited, just this global, uh, you know, platform for, for content, original content, how to anything I need to fix now. And it is absolutely insane. Um, I go and I YouTube it. Somebody's put video on it. And I tell you, 99% of the time it works. Um, so I think it's it's businesses looking towards that. Um, but I think that it is hitting a point, I think, especially with Gen Z, that they definitely are going to make sure that you're legitimate. I think that's different than the millennials that just put it out there. Gen Z is going to make sure that you're like, you say who you are, um, you know, you that they're, they're going to be, they, they cross tabs and things, you know, that I think is very different uh, with them and not just taking anything that comes. Um, so I do think that, and I think that corporations and understanding that is important. Um, I think that another platform that we, we don't ever talk about, and, uh, you know, that can definitely be even for interest in time, I think is group me. Now, group me is an interesting thing because it's not... It's the whole thing is technically designed for you. It's not designed for public, but it is designed for people that you don't know, but you have something in common with, have come together. And what is happening is that group me has been the platform for Gen Z to begin, you know, organizing labor and movements and and uh, and projects. Right? It's not it's not a it's not a team thing. It's a group thing. And uh, and so nobody talks about group me. But that's one of those platforms that is exceptionally effective in a very in purpose driven action. Wow, amazing. I need to check them out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Dr. Aaron, uh, what would be your um, last thoughts for the African Americans generation of future hoteliers? or, you know, hospital or folks that are going to be working in the hospitality? So I think that, I mean, there's, a, I think, a couple, like, quotes um, that I would love to share that, you know, I think it's for anybody, but it could definitely, you know, it could be for hoteliers, but it could be for anybody. Um, first of all, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm being very, very, I'm not just saying this because I'm in it. Um hospitality is on fire. It's not going anywhere. Uh, when everyone was talking about, oh my gosh, no one's traveling and all the jobs and all this stuff. I literally sat there and was literally writing out what's going to happen when we open. Like I was literally getting calls about, I want to invest in this business. I was literally getting calls like, 
you know, you know, people have gotten business and they're going to start opening up new spaces. Uh, and now we see it, right? Um, so the hospitality is not going anywhere. It's just going to be how do we function um, in it? What platforms? How do we use technology to to help the guests, right? How do we use it to help help uh, help our employees? Um, and so one one I one piece one quote that I heard kind of over the weekend that I really like um, is that you can be the total package, but at the wrong address. Wow. That means, you know, really that, that you have everything already. You, mm -hmm. you have everything. It's just about understanding where it's positioned. Sometimes you might have to be a little bit patient, but you have to keep going. Sometimes it's not about, oh, you know what? I got to meet just that right person. No, you are enough. You know, and I think that that's really, really important, um, especially within within our industry. We see so many, right? You see so many people, um, but you are enough. You are enough. And then um, I think that, and the, and the second thing I would say is that speak your speak what you want into existence, because what you say actually has a direct effect of the energy that is brought to you. And I made a conscious effort um, to. Because I'm that person that's like, okay, so it's not perfect, or I'm a warrior and all those things. And the reality is that if you anything that you say, it will come back or it will manifest itself. So speak positively. Now you can think anything you want to, but it's something about when you speak it, you speak what you want into existence, and all of a sudden you'll start seeing around you uh, those uh, those those things that you actually really really want and and in paths to accomplish it. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much, Dr. Aaron Tucker, for being here again. It has been a pleasure to have you. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Have a wonderful day.